Do you want to do some fan fiction? Yeah, I can read some fan fiction. You know, it's funny. We were talking about this last week off the air, and I spent a little bit of time this week going through a bunch of fan fiction, and there's a lot out there. Not only Planet of the Apes as a whole, because as we've mentioned through many, many episodes of the podcast now, this is a very has a very large fan base, but the show itself has very specific um, stories. The problem with a lot of them one that, that I found, they're like 50,000 words, 60,000 words. These are like novella-sized, not very well-written stories. Like, good, good on these people that they've written them. But like these are more comprehensive than the scripts ever were. I thought you were going to say they just weren't sexy enough. No. Well, the problem is you don't even get to it. They're just like fuffing around forever. It's like, you know? like Too much for boy. Too much. Well, 30,000 words of it, you know? <laughs> um, but But there is one we could read. Um, which is, uh, I can pull it up if you want. And is this the one that was recommended to us? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to tell you who recommended this? Okay, please. Who, who recommended this? Uh, someone on Twitter, uh, at subtle knife zero zero. Do I know this person? They have, they have, uh, talked to us about stuff before. Is this my arch enemy? This is not uh, at C. Chupin. Okay. (laughs) Cause, cause if you even mentioned that name, you even mentioned around me. I have just post-traumatic stress from Steel Justice. Well, which one? Who's which one's this person? Uh, you're much better at this than me remembering. I'm trying to remember because these aren't real names, so I can't remember where these people. I'm are. trying to remember why uh, she had sent us something in the past, and I just I can't recall what it was, what piece of information she had passed along to us about which show. It's gone now. I want to say Galactica 1980, perhaps, but um, I'm sure she'll remind me. <laughs> anyway, so she suggested this story. Um, and I'm more than happy to read it. I read it pr- really quickly at work when I was working hard, and uh, I skimmed over it. And this story is called Urko and Elta, a gorilla love story. Um, and it's written by Birth Song. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, Birth, <laughs> Birth Song. Birth Song. Um, uh, the, the genre is sci-fi romance. Um, and what it says, the subtitle here is, A short vignette based on Planet of the Apes TV series. Note, I do not own Planet of the Apes. The apes own it. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good too. Um, and as per usual, when I read these things, um, I will make the note that I can read. Um, if there's any stumblings here, please <laughs> blame the author for the uh, uh, odd odd sentence structure. I have a quick question. You said Urko and Elta. Was that his wife that they mentioned in that one episode? You know, I can't remember because I have a feeling I'm going to trust um, a birth song that they, always, they have it right. Always trust. They have it right. Song. So I'm going to assume it is Elta. All right, great. I'm um, going to tuck into my chair here. Okay. Get a little cup of tea and prepare for story time. All right. Urko, the tireless chief of security for Central City and its surrounding area, had finished his rather lengthy tour of duty and returned to his family home for a well-earned furlough. He dismounted from his white gray mare, Moaga, and gave the reins to his chimpanzee servant. He had been a long time away from his wife, Elta, and he longed to make love to her in fine gorilla fashion. (laughs) Whatever that may be. Papa, Ursa, his eight-year-old daughter, cried in delight as she ran to him and flung herself onto his back, climbing up his shoulders in one effortless motion. Urk, grunted Urko. (laughs) That's what he Urko grunts. You're getting too old to meet me in such a manner, Ursa. 
Ursa ignored his admonishment and took the large helmet off his head, placing it on her own. The headpiece was much too large for her skull and it covered half of her face, but she did not mind in the least. Urko lifted his daughter from his shoulders and placed her on the ground before entering his house. Ursa eagerly followed him in, throwing his helmet in the air and catching it several times until finally letting it clatter unceremoniously to the floor. The energetic symbian child had gone far enough. As far as her father was concerned, he sternly directed her to put his helmet away and and she obeyed, albeit reluctantly. Elta, he bellowed. A beautiful gorilla woman in a scarlet gown descended the stone staircase. Urko himself was not wealthy enough to afford such luxurious ar- luxurious architectural adornments, but Elta's family were upper-class artisans who excelled at carving elegant stone furnishings. The steps and upper-level bedroom had been built into a Spartan soldier's abode as a wedding gift to the couple from her parents. Side note, I love that they put that in. This is the, the detail. Like the detail is like, okay, it, sure. It, it, the, like the class differences between him and his wife. Oh, it's so yeah. subtle. It's yes. so nuanced. Uh, Ergo, she greeted him. I had almost forgotten that you were the patriarch of this house. Have you been off in another one of your obsessive human hunts? <laughs> I'm attempting to capture some fugitives, Urko explained. They are proving to be very wily, my love. Oh, they probably just snatched a bit of bread for their children, Edless, Ed, Elta scoffed. Why don't you leave them alone, you big beast? She capitalized big beast for some reason. Uh, his wife simply did not understand the threat which the two human creatures known as Verda and Burke posed to simian cultural dominance. The outlaws were, outlaws were unnaturally intelligent and crafty to the degree that they could easily influence other humans to rebel against their eight masters. No, Elta, Urko cautioned her. These humans are dangerous, and they are accompanied by a chimpanzee trader named Galen. Oh my, Elta replied sardonically. A chimpanzee named Galen? Well, that's even more hazardous then. I'd better hide under my bed in terror. Also, I don't know why I came up with that character voice there. That's great. I love Thank it. Thank you. There were little use in frightening his mate with the facts of the case, but she and the children were the main reasons he sought to kill his elusive prey. He was determined to protect his own and other eight families from these devious monsters, but right now it was time to rest his mind from such worries and focus his attention solely on the love of his life. Never mind about my work, Urkel replied with a chuckle. <laughs> you and I have more important business to attend to, do we not? Little Ursa chirped at them, interrupting their conversation in order to let her parents know that she was still there. Are you and Papa going to make me a baby sister now, Mama? Ursa asked slyly. I need her to help me capture my big brother. You go and play with Boba next door, Ursa, Elta commanded her daughter. You and he can make plans to trap your brother when he comes home from training. I don't know what this subplot is. Ursa let out a screech and ran outside. Is Zonda not coming home from training school yet? Urko asked his mate. Zonda was their 15-year-old son who was training to be part of the same security force that his father led. No, he's not, Elta told him. I think Zonda was going to try to see Zelly this afternoon after his drills, so it's just you and I, big boy. <laughs> Urko let out a growl and pounded his chest a few times as Elta favored him with an encouraging smile. He picked her up in his arms, and the pair ascended the stairs together. It was good to finally be home. Damn. It was seemed like a long a long way to go, didn't it? You know what? It's the details and the journey that brought me along. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: it's not. It's actually not terribly written. I mean, compared to a lot of these things, that if you go through them, you're just like, can you even speak the language? But this is, it, you know, it's written. I mean, there's no point to the story, but no, I mean, it's just it's a slice of life, slice of life for Urko. We never see him in his home life, which now I wish we did. Now you do. He's got a daughter. He's got a son that's Upper also crust training. Wife. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about this Urko family. <laughs> I don't know if they got Urko's character right down, like spot on though. There should be a lot more of him just getting really frustrated really quickly. <laughs> you know? He's at home. It's time to leave his worries yeah, behind. I guess. I guess. Also, why did he never beat his chest in the show? 
Well, I think because we've never seen him um, in the throes of passion. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, another lost opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, you never know. I mean, we can add this into our spec. Yeah, yeah. Well, this will be in our spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> the Yurko Chronicles. Yeah, much better character and, and probably a better show.